Welcome to the Totally Transformed Podcast. This is Lance Borden. This week, we went back and grabbed one of our radio shows recorded earlier this year about the forgotten weapon. And this is such an important topic. The forgotten weapon is, of course, the Word of God. So often forgotten because our Bibles sit on our shelves, get dusty. Maybe we pull them out for devotions here and there, but we hardly ever memorize the Word of God and meditate on it. And Psalm 1 says that if we will do that, we will be successful in all of our ways. And it's also such an important weapon of our warfare in the daily battle that we're in. In fact, it's our only offensive weapon. So without further ado, let's cut to that recording, The Forgotten Weapon. I was in the market for a new Bible. Yeah. And um, was trying to figure out which version I wanted to go with. And, you know, there's the the scale of versions, you know, all the way from very literal kind of word for word translations, right? All the way over to thought for thought and, you know, kind of more paraphrased and uh, kind of, so for a few weeks was kind of experimenting with that and settled on the new King James version. Okay. So once I had that, I started looking at some different study Bibles and uh, our pastor had at one point recommended the new spirit filled life Bible that had been, uh, the chief editor is Jack Hayford. Cool. And um, have really enjoyed it. Just really neat, expounding, you know, Greek and Hebrew words defined. You know, they pick out specific important words in different passages, define them, give you the Greek and the Hebrew. Right at the moment when or, you're you reading know, the scripture. Whether you're old or new, yeah, yeah. Testament. And, uh, and then just, I've just really enjoyed having it. So I got on this kick uh, a while back. Somebody sent me a link to a guy who had written an ebook about leaving a legacy of scripture for your children. And he, the author of this little ebook, um, his dad had died when he was a baby. So he never knew his dad, but what his dad had left their family was a Bible that was highlighted and underlined and written in. And, you know, like, yeah. like grandma did yeah. for, you know, I remember her Bible was yeah. like that. Yeah. And, uh, and so he was inspiring everyone to do that and, and literally le- purposefully mark in your Bible, make notes in your Bible so that it'll be something to leave behind to the next generation. Right. So I, I got on a kick of that and that kind of started me down this path of, I really want to start doing that, you know, even potentially even writing notes to my kids. Like I really feel like the scripture is about my daughter or this one's about my son That's or, great. you know, so they can read that 50 years from now yeah. and know that I was praying for them. And Praise the Lord. so anyway, I got to start from scratch. I actually had a torn page in my Bible. So I'm waiting for him to send me a new, a new replaced version that doesn't have a torn page. But in the meantime, I'm really enjoying the version. So just to be clear, it can be in any version, the spirit filled Bible or is yeah, it, always- I, it comes in multiple versions. Uh, I just had keyed, life. keyed in on wanting the new King James and it does come in a new King James. And it's the spirit filled life, the new spirit filled life Bible. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, just to piggyback on what you're saying, um, my Bible that I used for years, which was the Amplified, I've written all kinds of things in it, but the the uh, leather backing finally got too bad. So then our uh, Bill's mother, which we call mom, our um, paternal grandmother, left us a Bible when she died a few years ago, which is all underlined and highlighted, and she's got pray this, praying this over Connie, you know, and my other sister-in-laws, blah, blah, blah. So I've been using that. Um, So it is really, um, what I want to say, encouraging, heartwarming, inspiring, 
just to see her notes and her intercession and, you know, the different ways that the Lord spoke to her. So I'm going to try to combine the two. That's my goal. You know, you can get an old Bible like that recovered. Did yeah, you know that? Right. You can send it away. Right, which was my original plan. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'm going to do now is try to go through my Bible, add it to her Bible. Oh, cool. And then we'd have two generations uh-huh. passed down to, okay. <laughs> or something like that. But I mean, I, I really think, uh, you know, we've never talked about that. Right. You didn't know I was using her Bible at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's neat uh, as just a confirmation in your daily uh, walk just to know that. Um, if your parents were Christians or grandparents, how they really felt and prayed the word over you. If not, and this is what I tell my clients all the time, it can start with you. It can start with you, whoever I'm speaking to, because I kind of heard in my spirit, well, my parents weren't Christians, or my grandparents didn't do that, or my parents did this and that. That could be very well true. Um, And, you know, we've definitely had some issues with parents I have, and as I've shared on the show, in the sense of their walk, though they were Christians, but it can start with you. It's never too late. Yeah. Uh, if anybody wants to check out that ebook, it's called the A Legacy of Scripture, A Legacy of Scripture, Passing Down a Bible Journal to Your Child. And uh, the author is Aubrey McGowan, Aubrey, A-U-B-R-E-Y, McGowan, M-C-G-O-W-A-N. A Legacy of Scripture. That, it's a good little read. So they just Google that or go to Amazon? Yeah, you should be able to find it if yeah. you just Google it. Yeah. Um, if you want to email us, you can email us uh, uh, and ask us about it. Okay, well, that is a really great segue into uh, The Forgotten Weapon. And since you were just leading into the show with leaving a legacy of Scripture and what Scripture meant to you and how it ministered to you, to our children, um I, my, my exhortation, even as I just started, was it's never too late, but it's also um, true that many times the average Christian attempts to navigate the Christian life while hardly knowing the Word of God at all. And um, I think uh, from being in practice now in a Christian uh, therapy practice that ministers to all Christians and just being very active in the church my entire life in leadership, that um, the bottom line is that's the one issue or one of the main issues that's at the heart of why many Christians are not walking in a uh, authoritative, victorious life. And what I mean by that, we say in the book that uh, salvation delivers us from eternal damnation, but it also delivers you to something which should be a life on this earth of being, uh, as our pastor said a few weeks ago, Pastor Robert Morris from uh, Gateway, a life of walking in the promised land. And he made a really good point. That's not heaven. That's talking about earth on earth, our promised land on earth, as far as not that we're not going to have any enemies to defeat, but that God has equipped us to defeat them and to lay hold of God as a good God and his blessings as you were talking on the way over. You want to talk about that a little bit? Well, I felt like the Lord was just showing me in my quiet time this morning that, first of all, spending time in his presence is just so necessary to be able to receive encouragement from him. Yes. You know, I Mm -hmm. I felt like he was downloading some things to me that without that time with him, I just wasn't getting. Duh. 
you know, like in starting your day. Yeah. Well, just yeah. in this week, you know, yeah. just like uh, he was downloading some things that I think I was wondering about in my mind, but had not gone to him about. Right. And um, and he was just downloading encouragement to me. And then as I read the word, I'm going through a read through the Bible program, which I don't know if this will help anybody, but I have a I have a little app that's read through the Bible in a year. But it's taking me much longer than a year right. to go through that. And I feel like I just want to say that from the standpoint of as long as you're reading with intent yes. and with, with a purpose of, right. look, I'm wanting to read through the Bible to get an idea, a full picture of everything that God is saying in his word to us. You know, it's just, it's just amazing how many times God speaks specifically to my current circumstance and I'm in June of this Bible reading program that I think I started maybe at the beginning of 2016, if not before that. Yeah. Um, so he knows exactly where you're going to be when you read right. it. He does. And so anyway, I was just on the next day today and reading in Psalms and he was just talking about, David was talking, I think it was David, talking about how God just crowns him with good things and how God fulfills his desires. And he, you know, it's all surrounded by David acknowledging God and saying that he trusts in him and that, you know, he praises him. And it's just so obvious to me that when we make the worship of God in his presence primary and paramount and first in our lives, and we make time for that, that he's just so good. Not only then are you reading in a regular fashion and, and you were in Psalms, but then what happened with a particular verse that meant something to you? Well, what I try to do when a verse jumps off the page, you know how you have that when you're reading the word and it's like you have just revelation knowledge, it feels like from yeah. a specific verse that just maybe speaks to your situation. Right. What I was just doing, I really honestly hadn't done it yet. I had journaled about it, which I think is an important practice as well. Um, but I was just entering it into my scripture typer app. And it's one that if you listen to this show regularly, you've heard me talk about before, but if you haven't, it's, it's just an app that you can download to your phone. Uh, I believe it's both for whether you have an Android or an iPhone and it's called scripture typer, like you're typing scripture, T Y P E R scripture typer. And it allows you to capture and catalog verses just by typing in the reference and it'll, you know, you can organize them by books of the Bible or by categories or whatever you want to do. And then it brings them up and reminds you that you need to uh, work on meditating on them. And it also gives you some different devices for memorizing them. Like you can just type the first letter of every word and it, it corrects you, you know, it buzzes you if you get it wrong, for example. So it plays a little game, makes it a little bit of a game almost. Right which I don't know about you, but I enjoy a nice Making little memory easier. device to Absolutely. help me out. Absolutely. And, um, and so wanting, to the, wanting it not to be a one-time thing, I think, yeah. is, is the goal here. We're talking about meditating on the Word so that it can internalize, so it can go down into your spirit and be available for you next time you run up against a discouraging situation or whatever it was that that verse spoke to you. Yeah. What was the, do you remember the verse verse is uh, Psalm 20 verse four. It says, may he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. And, and that was part of what God was just encouraging me about is that he desires to fulfill my purpose in life. And there, that feels so good to know that in all of, you know, as we're going through life at 90 miles an hour, sometimes 
and you wonder, is all this going to make sense? Right. And you know it is because you can look back and see all of God's purpose and everything you've done. But it was just a reminder that he, he, he cares about my heart's desire and he cares about fulfilling my purpose. And the next chapter in Psalms 21 has another verse just like that. So um, that's what I keyed in on. And I think, you know, what you're describing is knowing something and believing it is two different things. And I think this is where the enemy kind of defeats us as Christians because it's good to have a devotional. It's good to have been blessed in the presence of the Lord. That's all important. It's good to have a program and to hear that. But like Lance said, probably if he didn't internalize it and make an extra step, he might remember that, you know, as, as he thinks about it. Um, or he might read it again when he comes across that uh, format next year, that order of the Bible. But now it's going to become part of him. It's going to be like he's chewing on that word, and then it can come up when he doesn't have a Bible in front of him, when he's riding in the car, when he's waiting for an appointment, when he's getting ready in the morning. And what we were talking about on the way over in preparation for this show is that when you're saved, you're given a measure of faith. That measure of faith, though, has to be developed. And the Word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So as we were talking about why is it that some people don't maybe put great importance on meditation and memorization and and practicing the presence of the Lord is I think a lot of times the negativity and the onslaught of the Word of the world, excuse me, and potentially, as we've talked many times from their own negative experiences of having a earthly father or mother that does not exemplify the character of God, is what's going around and around in their mind and their heart and their soul. And that's true, too. If you meditate on that day and night, you believe Satan's lies, you know, instead of God's truth. And so it takes an active participation around some of the things that we're saying are in the fashion that you're going to do it to actively daily consistently practice and meditate on the word of God so that it's sharper than any two-edged sword separating the soul from the spirit and we've defined the soul as the mind that thinks imagines and remembers the will and the emotions to be in concert with the spirit of God that was already received when you were saved with a measure of faith And that's just one thing as far as encouragement, being transformed into his image, becoming more Christ-like. But then the other key thing is the belief in the authority that he is a good God, that he's protecting you, providing for you, giving you peace, and giving you the power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, all authority given us when he left this earth, to come against those enemies in this land because we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so all of that happens with something that can be pretty simple, but not really because there's so many things on our plate and so much of an effort by Satan to move that from you or to remove that from you that, as I said in the first segment when I began, um, it just seems like that is the forgotten weapon. That's why we titled this The Forgotten Weapon. Uh, And we know it, but we forget it. We try it for a while, and then we stop. Um, We're not uh, what the Bible calls he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, 
diligence. Do not be weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap. I don't know that some people get the benefit before they stop the, the, the activity, and then they maybe feel like they can't feel God's presence, or it's the Word is not working, or it's just a rote uh, program or something that they're ch- if they're trying to perform to check off a box that I was a good Christian today, uh, it's not by works of righteousness we have done. It, it's got to be a heart motive that you want to know the Lord. And, and and the first thing I put in this chapter, I said the the book or the Bible is more than a book. It's the infallible and errant Word of God, written by men inspired by the Holy Spirit. But perhaps the most electrifying definition of the Word of God is its personification as Jesus himself. In John 1, 1, the Bible is described as Christ in word form. In the beginning, before all time, was the word Christ, and the word was with God, and the word was God himself. And then if you go down to chapter 14, it says, and the word became flesh. Verse 14. Yeah, and dwelt among us. I mean, if you really put that significance and importance on that is what you're internalizing, is God himself to know him and you know we were saying on the way over you know there's a scripture that says he looks to and fro over the earth for hearts that are turned toward him do you think if you turn your heart toward him in that way with the heart attitude of knowing him and wanting your steps to be ordered by god that a loving father i mean don't you love to be with your children don't you love it when you turn your heart toward them and they turn their heart towards you and they say thank you daddy and i love you and they hug you and and they talk to you, and you know, and that goes through a lot of developmental stages as children grow up. I mean, that's very satisfying because this is bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh, and this is who we are to Him, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, so um, you know, we want to continue to talk about. Um, hopefully, that's been inspirational and an exhortation about where we're trying to live. Again, not that we're perfect by any means, but we have found. This is the forgotten weapon, the secret weapon, the difference uh, between being potentially defeated by the enemy and being victorious. And we talked on the way over, it's not that you're not going to have trial. It's not that you're not going to have persecution. I mean, these things, if you're in the world but not of the world, that's going to happen. But you have a new paradigm about the fact that you're training to be an overcomer that you're doing something well or you wouldn't be persecuted, and God only disciplines those he loves to bear more fruit. So everything that may seem bad, if you're walking in the purposes and perfect will of God, is for your good. If you know the character of God and believe that, that he is refining you and training you and making you into his image so that you can appreciate, receive, and walk in the desires of your heart. And it always strikes me... Um, how in the armor of God, uh, which is in Galatians 6, uh, there's only one offensive weapon, which is the sword of the Spirit, which is another way of saying the Word of God. And it's called a two-edged sword. I, I, this is not uh, necessarily scriptural. Uh, the swords of that error when you use swords to fight in a battle were two-edged, you put it in, that made one jab, you pulled it out, that made another, um, that person was probably really dead. And uh, But I heard a sermon by someone a long time ago that said, a uh, spiritual application, that in our case, when we apply the word, if you're being attacked, 
the two-edged aspects of it is that it is doing divine surgery on you in the sense of transforming your negative thoughts, building your faith, healing you on the inside. We wash ourselves with the washing of the water of the word. Um, and that's referring to husbands can do that to their wives. So that certainly can be applied to yourself. Um, and then the other edge cuts off the head of the enemy because he responds to the word. And why does he respond to the word? Because like we said in another segment, the word is Jesus, if you believe it and its authority. And so I was like that example in uh, Luke 4, 1 through 13, that even Jesus, who was fully God, but also fully man, was weak and vulnerable during his 40 days of fasting in the desert. Uh, But Satan thought it was a perfect time to attack him. So and Satan even used scripture to attempt to uh, tempt him. I mean, he's really good as a uh, posing as a as, as a light. He usually gives you half the truth. Um, but every time he tried that to tempt Jesus to deny God and God's purpose in his life and to serve him, Jesus used the word. And it said that Satan left him for a more opportune time. So that's always really encouraging to me. First of all, he was in his most weak and vulnerable state. If I'm talking to somebody who feels very weak and very vulnerable right now because of what's going on in your life, um, you can follow Jesus' example and bind the enemy and use the word about your situation. If God is for me, who can be against me? I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Where I'm weak, he will make me strong. Um, He sent his word and healed me. He forgives all our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. And if you don't know anything like that by heart, look it up. You know, most people have computers or phones or at least a Bible concordance. Look up what you're dealing with. And you, you can find scriptures and don't say to me, back to me in your thoughts, well, I can't do that. Uh, I don't, you know, some, a client said to me the other day, uh, you're Dr. Connie Borden. You, you know the word so well. It's like he couldn't know the word as well as I did. Well, I don't, didn't know the word as well as I do now either when I was his age. Um, he was a younger client. And so all I'm saying is the today is the first day of the rest of your life. Don't get discouraged about what you don't know. Just start with what you do know. And God will meet you. It, I say to my clients all the time, it's not quantity. It's quality. It's a heart motive that you want to internalize him who is the word. Build your faith build your authority, have a ready answer for the enemy when he attacks you because he's going to. If I ask you to think about what you're thinking about right now or what you were thinking about before you tuned into this radio station, I can guarantee that probably 95 or maybe 100% of it was negative. Maybe being concerned about the world or the world scene or the government or the president or your family or your finances, okay? Those are realistic situations, but you've got to counteract it with what the word says, whatever things are good, honest, and true. Think on these things so that you will finally believe it and attack the enemy with it and start to walk in it. It's not just being a hearer of the word, it's being a doer of the word, right? Mm -hmm. So I just think that example of Jesus, I mean, if Jesus, the son of God, was attacked by the enemy. We're going to be too, for the same reasons. 
because he was out there doing the will of the Father, changing bad to good, healing people, getting people saved, etc., baptizing them in the water and the Holy Spirit. So, you know, Satan didn't like him. So he didn't like us. But we've got to settle it that we are a majority. You and the Godhead are a majority. You know, it's like Gehazi and the prophet, you know, they were fighting a big battle and there were thousands against him. And the prophet prayed, pull back the window of heaven and show my servant Gehazi what the truth is. And he showed him all the angels and warriors and everything in heaven on their side. And you've got to believe that because it doesn't seem like that in this natural world unless you know those stories and you know then the word as we're talking about that can be used as the sword of the spirit in a two-edged way. So, um, you know, the other thing, you know, we wanted to talk about, too, is that um, oftentimes people, there's many reasons that people um, maybe don't receive the engrafted word, like you maybe read it and it just goes over your head. Um, One main reason is you've got to read it with purpose. If you're going to sit down and read the word and you've got the TV on and your cell phone on, and music in the background, you don't have like a prayer closet or a quiet space, uh, or you're just reading it again to check off a check that you're doing your devotions. I mean, you can read several chapters and not got one thing out of it. I mean, you know, and we all can be prone to that. But I'm just telling you, if you're going to really know the Lord and have a time where you're changed, going from one degree of glory to the next, Find a time when you're really concentrating. And if that means that you read three verses, if that means you read a chapter, if you read, you know, one old, one new Psalm, Proverb, if you're in a reading program, at least read it with intensity and maybe take some notes or like Lance was saying in the last segment, try to find one verse that really sticks out to you and and then do more study on it. One other thing I wanted to say about the character of God is early on in our marriage, we were exhorted to do a notebook study of the character of God. Take all of his characters, love, trustworthiness, faithfulness, uh, peaceful, um, everything you can think about of his character. Uh, if you want if you want to know what his character is, Google, in this age of technology, Google the character of God and probably all of his characteristics will come up, though I haven't tried that. But then we were challenged to do a scripture study around all of his character traits. Find every scripture that talks about his faithfulness. And if you do that, then there's a constancy, there's a credibility, there's no way Satan's going to talk you out of that God doesn't love you if you know that his character is love and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he'll never go back on his word and everything will pass away, but his word won't pass away. That's another thing to try to um, offset the lies of the enemy, you know, in, in knowing the word. And, and I would say, too, there that it's it's okay to question God. Sure. Right? It's yeah. okay to say, God, why does it seem like in this situation that you're not showing up? Right. Or why does it seem like you're not good? But And, and ask him, Lord, I know that your word says that you're good. Show me where you are at in that situation. Yeah. Show me what I need to know from your word to counteract what it feels like is not in, you know, congruent with, with what I know your character to be. Right. You know, even Jesus on the cross question, 
God the Father, right? He yeah. said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken exactly. me? Right? It's I'm, okay to express your feelings and your sure. emotions to God. He can handle it, right? Yeah. As long as you don't go to a place of bitterness and a place of uh, rejection of God. You're just waiting for him to download his truth to you to, to correct your thinking. If you walk into a dark room and you flip on the light switch, there's no struggle that ensues between light and darkness, the room is immediately illuminated by whatever the light source is that you turned on and the darkness goes away. Now there may be some, a shadow in the corner or whatever, where the light maybe is blocked or for some reason or another, but for the most part, the room is illuminated and there's no back and forth between light and darkness. And it's the same way with God's word. When you apply God's word to a situation where you may be believing the lies of the enemy, God's word wins every time. And it's what Jesus did when he was tempted by the devil. Yeah. Whenever the enemy came to him and tried to tempt him, tempt him, Jesus says, said, it is written every time and quoted the word of God because there's no backing down from the truth and the power of God's word. There's no struggle. God's word wins every time, just like the light in a room will always dispel the darkness. And why is that? I mean, if you want to put an analogy uh, as far as real-time war, if your officers and leaders and weapons are more powerful than your enemy, they're going to flee. And you might need to meditate on some scripture to get that belief and faith that the Word is Jesus and the Word, therefore, encompasses His power, His authority, and the sad part about it is Jesus knows the, I mean, excuse me, Satan knows the word better than we do. But if you use that, as Lance says, and you use it consistently and you build up your belief in its authority, uh, it's not going to be any different. He's, he will flee. Your power, more powerful, greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. Well, and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Correct. The Bible also James says. 1. That's James 1. Yeah, and, and so it is uh, an active part by you. You know, you resist the devil and he will flee from you. You use the weapons of your warfare. You study to show yourself approved. You meditate on my word day and night and you will have success in all your ways. And sometimes I think that when we get saved, we think that's it. I'm done. I'm saved. I'm in heaven and God's going to do the rest. But that's not true. We, we have to actively, uh, the, another scripture says, uh, the violent take the kingdom by force. Um, you know, we are an active participant and God needs us to defeat the kingdom of darkness through the weapons that he's given us. And he will uh, fall on that with his power when you, and, when you believe it and attack the enemy he first of all he hates anybody that is meditating on the word using the word uh practicing the presence of the lord praising the lord god inhabits the praises of his people if i was around a christian that was doing that i would probably flee if i was satan because he can't stand it and i'd go mess with somebody else okay but you know we we've come up with some reasons in the book when it's in this chapter as to why uh even after everything we've said, uh, men and women, Christians may take, not take the time to what I call chew the cud in, in an analogy of a cow who eats his food, but he doesn't have one stomach. He has three. 
So it goes down to his stomach and then he comes back up and he gets more nourishment out of that food that he ate versus us that it goes down through our stomach and out in some of our ways of elimination. Um, but the same way, once you internalize the word, you can bring it back up. I, I can't tell you how much scriptures I've memorized 20 years ago in a dangerous situation or in a discouraging situation or in a word of wisdom when I was trying to minister to somebody comes up. And it's then a weapon at that time. Well, I'm amazed at how I'll be memorizing a scripture and how it becomes ex- applicable to some circumstance or to someone mm-hmm. I'm trying to help Wisdom, right? that day or the next day. Yeah. And it's uh, like I wasn't memorizing it for that purpose, but it's there for God to use. That's exciting. You let, know? Yeah, let alone counteracting Satan's lies. You know, three people talking to you all the time, Satan, God, the Godhead, and yourself. So if Satan is saying, you are unlovable, you're lost, you'll never amount to anything, you're going to fail, you have a lot to fear, you are stupid, you are weird, you are ugly, you're fat, you'll always be alone, you'll never amount to anything, you should be ashamed of yourself. I mean, that's just a few that we put in chapter 20. We have a whole chapter 13 uh, in the book on lies we believe, because you have to think about what you're thinking about, decide who's speaking it to you, decide if it agrees with the word of God, and what is the contrary truth that is going to counteract that uh, so that you don't, because what you can conceive to believe, you will achieve. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So here are some reasons, Lance, uh, in this chapter uh, that we think maybe people don't take time to chew the cut. Some think studying it and knowing it is only for pastors or people in full-time ministry. Um, You know, you are fed by these people, and we should be able to rely on the fact that they know the Word to teach us. However, If you have to be spoon-fed everything in the Word by someone else and receive it only in church once or twice a week, you're going to be at the very best a weak Christian, right? So um, not a good thing to rely on that your pastor is to build your spirit to overcome your soul and body. What's another reason there? Some are maybe caught up with the world's definition of of success. And as long as they have money and power and can function successfully in the world's economy, they forget the fact that the world's definition of success will pass away. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you achieve, you know, John Eldridge says, if your sin works for you, that's kind of the worst case scenario, <laughs> right? Yeah. If, if you're good at your sin and it, it seems to provide for you and you can feel like you don't need God, then that's a bad, bad state to be in. Or another person said, how much can God bless you that you don't use it against him? Um, in other words, God wants to bless us. As we said, he's a good father. He wants us to have our resources. He wants to meet our needs. But he doesn't want those things to have us. He wants us to have them. Um, and there's many, I mean, if you talk about Matthew 28, uh, the rich young ruler, um, I think that was the rich young ruler, but there's many um, uh, um, examples in the word about money and the love of money and the love of success being a way to placate your wounds. Some people don't placate their woundedness by drugs, alcohol, and uh, sexual uh, addiction to pornography and the pleasures of this world. Some do it in a socially susceptible way by workaholism or, um, you know, pursuit of just these things of the world without a kingdom purpose. So that can distract you. Um, Another reason Uh, Some Christians are so wounded, and we said this a little bit, by traumas and rejection 
that they have sustained in this lifetime, that they have no faith or hope in the Word or Christ, who is the Word. And I'm just saying, if that's you, if you've got a wounded soul, you need to seek help. At Gateway uh, Church, we have a Cairo seminar that people come to all over the world a few times a year, um, where we just they just minister free of charge if you're wounded from someone in your past. Or, of course, at Borden Psychological Services, uh, we do this every day. You can go to drconnie.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-C-O-N-N-I-E.com. We have a process that you can go through, but you have to decide that you want to deal with it. You have to decide that you your life is not going well and you've got reactions and you've got pain and you can't just come in and decide that, you know, well, this sounds like a good thing, but I'm not going to cooperate or submit to the Lord or be humble and be able to share what's wrong in my heart so God can heal it. And then uh, there's a fourth reason. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, many Christians believe, I think you might have even said this earlier, yeah. that when they got saved that Satan was completely taken care of. And we, I think we said this a couple of weeks ago, but one thing that our pastor also said recently is that, you know, the promised land in the Bible, when the Israelites entered into the promised land, that's not a representation of heaven. Why? Because the promised land still had enemies in it. Well, that's the end of our archived topic on the forgotten weapon. Archived, but always so important. If this podcast ministered to you, or if it has been ministering to you, we'd like to hear from you. Please connect with us at totallytransformed.org, or you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash totallytransformedministries, or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash tottransformed. Hope you have a great week, and be back next week as we continue to talk about how to be totally transformed in Jesus Christ.